Today's episode is all about how to make passive income. That illustrious word that a lot of people get excited about, but many people really struggle to get their heads around and actually make work. These are tried and tested methods that work for me, many others that I've worked with too, and they are not get-rich-quick schemes. These are things that are true, tried, and tested methods. So without further ado, let's jump in. Hi, my name is James Corsier, and welcome to the Money Paradox Podcast. That's right, we're gonna go through passive income. How do we make it work? How do we get it uh, into our own lives? How do we get income without having to work? Because that's what passive income is, right? Well, not necessarily. Passive income is one of those hot topics. A lot of people say it's not possible, there's no such thing, you have to work for all income that you get. And I agree with both sides of the camp. Yes, you can get income from things that require very little work, but in truth, almost everything requires some form of work, right? Some kind of maintenance, monitoring, work to set up, you've got to check on it, all these kinds of things, right? So don't be too suckered into this concept of thinking you can get income from doing absolutely nothing. It's very difficult. In fact, most passive incomes really require some kind of work, okay? So that's the first thing. The second thing is be careful of get-rich-quick schemes. When people are promising you huge amounts of money without any kind of work very quickly, be careful, all right? If your alarm bells are going, then it almost certainly that is right and those kind of those things if they sound too good to be true almost always they are okay so be careful when you hear those kind of things so what are the kind of things that i think i tend to be really fit in this category and and work um, in a material way that most people can tangibly do all right well i'm going to go through five five different methods and the first one is property now property in many ways takes quite a bit of work, it takes quite a bit of work to set up. But if set up in the right way, you can have properties that are giving you income regularly and require very little work to maintain. And if you get that kind of property and it's set up in the right way, I would say that is definitely passive income. So if that's what you're looking for and that feels like a good way, that is a good option. So how do we make that work? Okay, so there's two ways we can get passive income from properties. The first one is through, excuse me, is through rental income. So how do we do it? So we've got to get a property where we're getting income regularly, so rental income, in such a way where we're having to do very little work or the work is the kind of work we do even if we didn't have to work, right? So if it's the kind of thing you're doing where you enjoy it and you wouldn't do it uh, if you needed the money, then I would say that is still passive income because you're not being forced to work for the sake of the money. So the way to do that is to look for properties that give strong rental income and require very little maintenance or very little risks. And so because of that, that kind of property is requiring very little effort from yourself. So reason why I start with that is property is a huge area. There's many different things you can do within that. Some require a huge amount of work, some require a huge amount of risk. 
and others that don't have much of either of those areas. Now, you may not get the same kind of return, but as a consequence, you're not having to put a huge amount of effort in regularly to get that income out, and it can be more like that passive income. So if you're doing that, you want to be focusing on properties that are low-risk areas that you know are always going to do well. City centres of big, sorry, city, uh, the city centres of big cities will, generally speaking, will have reliable, reliable, good demand today, tomorrow, and years to come. And so you always know you're going to be able to rent it out. And if you know you're always going to rent it out, you know you're going to get that income. And if you do it in such a way where there is enough money coming in, you look at the numbers and there's enough money coming in to be able to pay a management company, like a letting agent, to manage it, then they can do all the work, that maintenance, making sure they deal with repairs, getting people in, dealing with issues. So all of that work on a day-to-day -day basis around that property, you can get somebody else to do. Now, you need to make sure the numbers work, that you can afford to pay them out of the money that you're earning. And if you can, then that is a great way of receiving the income from the property while not having to manage it and maintain it. So, But it needs to be the right kind of property. And it needs to be properties that have low risk. This is the other area. So there are a number of kind of common cited risks around property. So you want to stay clear of those. So for example, properties, so if you're renting a flat, for example, you're going to have a lease agreement with a management company. And that management company can do things that you may not have control over. So if you're looking to buy a property and the management company is looking poor, it's not doing a good job, the common areas are poorly maintained, there have been complaints from other tenants, the lease agreement with that management company is problematic, there's concerns from the mortgage company, um, there's certain restrictions within it, those are the kinds of things that can cause big, big headaches. There can be opportunities for some people because they are risks that a lot of people don't want to take on, and so you might be able to get a good price for them. But if you're looking for passive income, these are the kind of properties that can be very dangerous and can cause things coming up in the future that could require a lot of work to deal with and maybe even a lot of money to deal with, right? So again, if you want passive income, go for safe, reliable properties and get somebody to manage it. But you do need to make sure you look at the numbers so that it still adds up in that situation. All right, the second way you can get passive income for properties is through them appreciating, going up in value. Now there's a whole hot topic around, you know, what do property prices do over time? Do they go up, you know, materially? Um, are they gonna go down in the future? Are they gonna go up? Are they gonna go in line with inflation? The whole debate. My view is property prices, certainly in the UK, will always go up in the long run. And there are a number of big reasons for that that I can't see are gonna change anytime soon. Number one, people always need to live in properties. Number two, the supply of more properties is always lower than the demand of, of people wanting to rent those properties. If you think about it, population is increasing at a rate bigger than the supply of properties. And again, in the UK, there's a lot of restrictions on where you can build properties, a lot of things getting in the way of this really changing. So over time, demand is gonna outstrip supply, and so the value of properties are generally gonna go up. The second reason, there's a number of reasons, but I'll, I'll just touch with two. The second one is around inflation. 
over time, the value of money devalues, right? And as a result, as part of that, the price of properties go up, generally speaking, in line with inflation. So over time, the value of properties in real terms stays the same. But because you can take a mortgage out on property, let's say 25%. So you put in 25%, uh, a lender puts in 75% as a mortgage, and you buy the property. If the price of that property goes up by, say, just inflation, which in reality, if you look over it decades and decades and decades, prices of properties have gone up way more than inflation. But even if you take just inflation, if it goes up by just, say, 3% in one year, you've put in 25% and the bank has put in 75%. So if a property is worth £100,000 in one year, it's gone up by 3%, just inflation. So it's now £103,000. If you think about what you've put in, you've just put in the deposit of 25000 So of your 25000 you've got a 3% uplift. So 3000 on 25000 not the £100,000. So 3 over 25 is actually 12%. It's four times that value. So because you're getting a multiplying effect of the ability to lend, sorry, to borrow through a mortgage on that property, you're getting a lot more money than just that inflation. Now, yes, that means that if prices go down, then you can get a multiplier effect on that negative uh, decline. But that is important to bear in mind. So that's why reliable properties in areas that you're very confident are always going to go up, at least in the medium to long term, are good areas to buy because if they do go down you can lose a lot of money and we've seen this happen in areas and times uh, in history so bear in mind that you want to be buying areas if you don't know what you're doing you're not a huge experience in property buy areas that you know reliably you're going to do well big cities city centers are always going to do well so big big advice and then the other way is you can diversify if you're buying multiple properties you can buy in number of different areas so that that really unlikely situation that a particular city does really badly uh, temporarily or even permanently you've got properties in other areas that are hedging that risk now you might say well okay so the value of my property has gone up but how am I getting passive income from that yeah so my property is worth now £110,000 instead of £100,000 well what does that what difference does that mean just because the assets valuable i'm not getting income i'm not getting passive income how do i actually touch it well the best way to do that is through a remortgage now this again is a bit of a controversial topic but i am hugely passionate about it it's a very effective way of making money from property and that is by over time if the value of your property goes up you can remortgage you can go to the bank you say right now my price of my property's gone up say by 10%, well, the loan to value, the amount I've borrowed against the value of the property has gone down because the value's gone up, but the amount I owe has stayed the same or has gone down. Now, as a result, you can go back to that lender or other lenders and say, I want to get a new mortgage. I want to get a new mortgage at a higher amount borrowed. And they'll be willing to do that because the value of the property has gone up. So to keep the percentage the same in terms of debt to value, they can give you more. And what you do is you can pocket that difference. So if you 
uh, had borrowed 75,000 on that property and now you can borrow say 85,000 on that property, okay, that difference of 10,000 pounds they will literally give to you and you can pocket into your bank and spend it just like any other money. And the real strong benefit of this is because you haven't sold the property, you still own it, all you're doing is borrowing more against it, you haven't crystallized that gain on the property. So even though it's gone up in value, because you haven't sold it, you're not paying any tax. So in effect, when you remortgage a property and get money from it, it's tax-free. It's tax-free money. Now, some people might say, you know, no, James, it's not tax-free because ultimately you're still going to have to pay it when you sell it. So it's just deferred tax. But two things there. One is that, well, you don't ever have to sell it. You could have that property for your whole life and never sell it, and then you're never paying the tax. And even if you do pay the tax in very in many future years, that's fine, but then you can just go and buy another property with that money. And many situations you can then um, pass on that tax gain, pass on that tax situation to another property. Now, not always, and that may not work for you in your current situation, but bear in mind, if you do remortgage one, you can get money, right? You can get money from the appreciating value. So even if you have to pay tax on it, that is a massive benefit and you can get passive income that way. Secondly, if you never sell it, you don't pay tax on it, so you can get an even better benefit on it, all right? So that is why property is a very strong way to get passive income, if done in the right way. All right, second way, portfolio investing. This is essentially getting a number of different things, putting them together and investing them in one as a system. So as an example, you might say, I'm gonna invest some uh, a certain percentage in the stock market, a certain percentage in bonds, a certain percentage in gold, and I'm going to put my money into that and those things. And then say every year, I'm going to rebalance, I'm going to look at how my money's done, how my investments have done, sorry, and I'm gonna move what I'm invested in so that the percentage stays the same. Well, over time, that portfolio of investments is going to go up in value, or you'd like to hope. Now, I've done videos specifically on portfolio investing. Go check those out, do some research, find out about them. There's loads of different types of portfolios in which you can invest in. Or you can invest in specific assets, but over time, effectively, you would expect those assets to go up in value. And if, say, your expectation of that portfolio is to go up by 10% every year, well, then what you can do is, for example, you can, say, take 5% of the value of those assets out each year. So every year goes up by 10%, and every year you're taking 5% out as passive income. Well, what happens is that your portfolio is constantly going up in value because it's going up in value more than what you're taking out of it, and you're able to spend that money as passive income. And because the rules are very simple and systematic, you invest in these things no matter what, and you invest in them in a specific ratio. Because of that, it's very little work involved. All you need to do is pick your method and then stick to it. And then once a year, rebalance to make sure that it's invested in the right way and at the right ratio, and that is it. That's all you're doing. And if you just keep doing that, very little work, you get that income, and you're still able to build that portfolio at the same time. Second one. Okay, second one, portfolio investing. Third one is dividend paying shares. So you're investing in shares that generally speaking give 
historically high dividend payments. So generally speaking, if you take the S&P 500, and for those that don't know, the S&P 500 is the top 500 largest companies are listed in the US. And the reason why people refer to that is it's a generally a pretty good way of talking about the stock market as a whole. And that's because the biggest companies in the world, generally speaking, are all listed in the US. So if you take the top 500, that is a good representation of the market as a whole globally. So if you look at those, the dividend, average dividend for those companies is about 2.5%. So it's pretty low. So it's not a very uh, strong way of getting um, passive income each year. If you just take your typical S&P 500 company. But if you're looking for specific companies that pay high dividends generally, you can get 5 even 10% in dividends. Now, the danger with this, though, is that it's quite an efficient, inefficient way of investing. And that is because if you think about a company as a whole, the way we value it is everything, all of it together. And when a company makes profit, they can do effectively two things. They can either pay that money out as a dividend to the shareholders or they can reinvest that money to hope the business does better. So if a company pays a high dividend now, that's money it's not using to strengthen the property, the value of the company going forward. So you've always got to think, why is it paying such a high dividend? Is it getting in the way of that company developing and doing well and actually competing in the market? If it's giving all of its money to its shareholders but other companies aren't, is it getting left behind and is it going to devalue over time? And that comes on to the second thing, which is with the company, there's two ways, when you buy effectively shares in a company it's kind of two main ways you can make money through the dividend payments but also the value of the share if it goes up in value then you can make money by the increasing value of that of that asset just like in portfolio investing but so so not but so if you are just looking at a company just from dividends and you don't take into account the impact on the value of the, of the shares then overall you might get caught out. So you might be getting 10% in dividends every year, but if the value of that company is dropping by 15% every year, then net, you're losing 5%, even though on the face of it, it might look like you're getting 10% returns every year, okay? So bear that in mind. Look at companies as a whole from the value of the company and its propensity to go up in value and dividends together. Fourth one, digital assets. So this is really powerful. I've done that, a lot of people I know have done it. Take some work, but if you do it right, uh, you can make money today, tomorrow, and for years to come by just a specific piece of work and then not really having to do much work after it. So if you are very knowledgeable about a certain area and you think that area is very powerful, uh, very valuable to others that really wanna know about it, then this is a great way to do it. If you put together that content in an attractive package and you're able to market in such a way that other people buy it, then you are making money from every time someone buys that product. And the great thing is because you've recorded it, because it's digital, all you need to do is just give them a copy. So every person who buys it just gets another copy. You're not having to go out and do a lecture or do a session coaching with them or telling them one-to-one You've done it once when you recorded it, and that is it. So it's passive. 
in that it's an upfront investment. It can be quite a, lo a lot of upfront investment because you've got to put that material together, make sure it's attractive. You've got to check that people actually want it. You've got to market it. There is definitely work involved. But if you do it right and it's popular, you can make a lot of money this way. And if it stays in demand for many years, decades even, you can still be making money from it. Okay, so like a book is a good example. You could make a book and then sell that book. Now, the danger with the books, for example, is that it's very hard to tap into that market specifically to actually make money from it. So be careful before you go into this area and you wanna spend a lot of time and effort building a digital asset, you really wanna be confident that one, are people going to buy it? Is this a value? Is this a need for people? And then two, am I willing to, am I able to market it in such a way that people are convinced they want to buy it, all right? If you've got those two things, then, then it is a good way to do it. Now lastly, royalties or patents. Now, I wanted to cover this off because this is often referred to in passive income tutorials and videos and so on. I'm not a huge fan of this area, okay? I'm gonna put it out there. And the reason why I'm not is because how many people do you know who actually have royalties or patents? Day to day, most people don't. Very rich people uh, who've got huge amounts of money and looking for really um, novel and interesting ways to diversify their portfolios might have. And if you're that, great, awesome. But for the average person, this is something that is not a reality. The other thing is that a lot of people who tend to create royalties or patents are people that you know, have a certain value in a particular area, like they're producing content, they're producing songs, or they're producing certain technology, right? So these can be areas if you have a particular specialty, and you'll know if you're one of those people and you have a particular specialty in those areas and you can patent it or get a kind of royalty from these areas. And, and if that is you, then definitely look into it and see how you can monetize that. But for most people, it, it's, it doesn't work. There's two ways you can do it. You can either create them, and that takes a, a specialist skill and uh, to be able to, to produce them in a particular area. So look into it if you think it's an option, but for many people it's not. And the second way is to buy them, buy them off somebody else and then take a revenue. Now the trouble with that is the value of that royalty, for example, or the price of it that you have to pay is often representative of the expected future payment of that royalty. Otherwise they wouldn't price it like that. So what I'm saying is, it's usually pricing in all the expected returns from that asset when you buy it. So you're better off going into something that is a, it's more of a mainstream, more popular way to, to make money from because there's more, it's more accessible, it's more practical, there's more options around it. So the very first few options I gave in this video. Okay, so I put it in there and it's definitely a way and if you think there's an angle there, great, look into it and see how you can make money from it. But generally speaking, if you don't know too much about royalties and patents, I would stay clear of that and look for the more accessible ones like uh, investing in particular, uh, uh, like a portfolio, the stock market, uh, creating digital assets and buying property, okay? So in summary, we've gone through five different ways you can get passive income by investing in properties in the right way, portfolio investing, three, dividend paying shares, four, digital assets, and lastly, royalties or patents. I hope you found this video 
helpful and valuable. If you have, please do like and share it with others that you think would help, uh, would benefit from this video. If you would like to see me talk more about some of these areas in more detail, again, let me know in the comment section below. If you want me to talk about other areas, different topics, again, please do let me know. Give me a shout out in the comment section, direct message me, whatever. I wanna make sure these videos are as powerful and helpful for you as possible because that is why I'm doing them. Okay, so that's all from me. I hope you have a, a, a great rest of the day and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.